I was watching you after it ended and they announced the verdict and it seemed like a million pounds was were lifted off of your shoulders and it, that's what it felt like to me what did that was that the yeah this has been um you know in a word i think it's been pretty frivolous and uh i'm shocked it made it this far but you know i i was always confident because all i had to do was tell the truth you know and, and in the end uh, you know I'm, I'm super grateful towards the jury for coming to the correct verdict um but you know still being in court is nerve-wracking so the the fact that this is all over and i'm hoping it's all over and i hope i never have to talk about it again and i never have to hear certain names and certain words and i don't have to relive me being forced to work through concussions anymore and hear people's testimony about it i'm just happy it's over it's a good day this was america people uh, yeah Guilty until proven innocent, huh? That's how we working, huh? Okay Before me there was many After me there would be none I am the one Uh-huh Okay I see how we plan Yeah, I get it down Anxiously the public can't wait Had to have it way before it's release date Jigga get irate Press get it up. Took me 1.8, but I had to get it straight. Get the CD, 12 inch vinyl, get the tape. Jigger, give it food for thought, dog. Get a plate, I get it down. Get it crunk when I get in the state of mind. It was mine, it's mine. Nobody get the take. I don't be. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin, and I am joined by Meals, and you are now listening to The A Show. This is our uh, 33rd week doing this. Crazy. Can't Amazing. believe it. Never done anything like this before. I I can't say the same thing, but yes, this is still monumental. <laughs> <laughs> this is still monumental. Yes. Well, uh, I mean, just about wrestling—that's like insanity. I, I think, I, and I think consistency is good. But uh, I think it's all good. It's all good. I'm I'm excited. It's important that because I mean because it is wrestling. Shit happens like every week. Like every week, at least something stupid happens. Something stupid that we can talk about in No Holds Barred, or something stupid that we can talk about at any other point of the show. So yeah, you know we got some stupid shit to talk about. Of <laughs> course, <laughs> we have a lot of uh, stupid, silly shit to talk about. But before we get to that, I just want to remind everyone uh, to join in and and follow RNC Radio Live on Twitter. Follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe to us on itunes google play uh and stitcher and the like uh just to get your your daily weekly dose of all of the rnc podcasts and you also can follow us on uh on apple music and spotify because we have our rnc radio playlist there we just dropped gonna hive yesterday uh, it's, it's going crazy right now um and we are, we are like literally coming up with new concepts for shows all the time we just announced a new show called late fees that will be starring uh, myself as the host or moderator, if you will. I'm actually not going to be talking a whole lot on the show, but uh, this is really a, a, a show for movie buffs where uh, three of my, my good friends, uh, Eric Abris, uh, Pat Barut, and Wesley Caldwell, uh, all guys that are really big in the music, uh, not music, but the movie industry, talking about the latest and greatest movies and whether we remember these movies for if they're great or remember them for, for the wrong reasons. Very excited about that premiering this month. It's been a long time in the making. I just had to make sure that everybody knows that that show is coming. In the month of June, do we know? Do we have a date yet, or we, uh, I, I don't. I don't want to reveal the date yet. Okay. I, I think it should just be a surprise. 
Uh, I don't even. I want to talk about the first episode so bad. We have mo- we have many episodes already cut and and done, but uh, this is this is going to be crazy. Like just the the visuals we have, the 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 everything. And one thing I do love about RNC Radio, all of our shows are so different. Mm-hmm. Like every show has a different aesthetic. So I'm excited to see uh, or, or like you know hear what people think about the aesthetic of this of this particular show so uh late fees the podcast is coming soon of course rspn is, is still there rnc radio with myself and josh pease is not on hiatus we are just waiting for a guest <laughs> <laughs> we're not on hiatus in fact it's, it's funny because it, i was supposed to uh we were supposed to interview the guests this week but i had to record this show so we're, getting, we're rescheduling here right now so we'll we'll, we'll get our rnc radio is not on, on hiatus we're, we're trying to trying to make it work between myself and Josh's schedules. Uh, but, you know, it's cool because it, it gives you something to wait for. Uh, you also have the Perfect Play podcast, The Hangout, which is blazing through the Cell games. I, I'm, I'm not even caught up right now. How first are you of doing all, First it? of all, first of all, back up, back up, back up. You call it The Hangout. It is The Lookout, my the friend. The Lookout. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Please. We are hanging I was looking out, at yes, Google. Look- I, was, I was hanging. I was looking at Google Hangout. First of all, don't you dare disrespect <laughs> What me and Jeff and our nerddom and I our love not. for Dragon Ball is doing to America and the other places around the world, quite frankly. Yes, we are in the Cell Games. We are. This is the NBA Finals of everything Dragon Ball Z. This is this is the penultimate sort of moment where quite possibly one of the biggest things in Dragon Ball Z history ever happened. So yes, it, 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 it showed some respect. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we've got a ton of stuff. I mean, even the A show, hell, yeah, thirty three, thirty three weeks strong. Yeah, and I, and I hope that all of our other shows will last just as long. But I mean, RSPN is going to be killing this this next. I mean, I, this might be literally the last week they talk about the finals. <laughs> Shit. So we'll see I mean, where that goes. But uh, have have you been watching the finals? I have been watching the finals. What do you think? Is it over this week, or is, or are we? Are we uh. I think it's over. I think if not, they're going back to Cleveland. You know that, right? Yeah, uh, they're eight and one in Cleveland. But like the way that they've been playing and just the whole playoffs hasn't instilled me with any type of of uh, hope that they'll win one. They'll there. get one game. <laughs> they'll get one game. They'll get at least one game. <laughs> like look at who they were two. playing. Look at who they were playing. Like, <laughs> like these they'll get one players. game. They'll get one. They'll they'll I, get. I think they were so demoralized after last um, last game's loss that that the point where it just seemed like it was very close, and then Golden State just says, "All right, let's turn it up and let's blow them out the water." Yeah, uh, I, Golden State always has that one. Well, the thing about it is, game one was Golden State's not really care game. Like they always have one game where they don't really care. I like, think. Well, LeBron also scored like fifty-one points in that game, so it's also like they all play like shit, though. The all, all Warriors mean, play like shit. Granted, outside of the last like five minutes and what, like twenty-four seconds of that game, Cleveland was working fine. I mean, people were scoring that don't usually score. Jr. had a solid game before his brain, you know, stroked down on him, um, but. It, it was a it was a perfect game, and game two was just like, all right, we're just really gonna pound on them. In game one, where Kevin Durant didn't really have really much of a game or much of a presence in the actual game, he came Ooh. to game two and him and Steph and everyone just sort of was killing it. Even Draymond was making threes, and that nigga's threes is terrible this season. So you know, it is what it is. But we leave the door open for RSPN. 
Yeah, well, we'll let them talk about it. That that's their thing. We need we need to get on that. We need to get on that uh, on that podcast real soon, real soon. If Bron needs help, then I'll be up there. <laughs> if he needs help, just saying. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get into somebody that actually didn't need much help to to win a case this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the CM Punk. Colt Cabana, Chris Amon case. And I'm, I'm not saying well, it's not versus all of them, but it's CM Punk and Colt Cabana versus Chris Amon. Of course, this is the case that uh, went to trial last week. We were kind of surprised that it happened because we didn't even think it was going to happen because it had been, it's been three years. Uh, but this, is this of course, stemmed from the podcast comments that CM Punk made about Chris Amon, basically saying there was a neg- he was negligent towards Punk uh, during the t- 2014 Royal Rumble and other times during his WWE tenure uh, within, the, within the years of 2013 and 2014. He, and Chris Amon, claiming that he had uh, damages from online bullying, uh, took him to court. And uh, did you see the, the dollar amount that he wanted? No, I actually didn't. Please. He wanted $3.9 million. He wanted a dollar for every download from that podcast. Whoa. And I think that's what lost him the case. I think that's ridiculous considering it's a free podcast. But <laughs> a, um, I think that's that's kind of a lot. But I don't know if that's what lost him the case. Essentially, what lost him the case is that he, he had no proof of anything <laughs> that he's sort of um, substantiating against CM Punk, whereas CM Punk was like, listen, I had a lump. I have all these text messages that show that I've contacted this doctor, yet there's no sort of evidence of like antibiotics or prescription or anything like that. And not only that, he violated the HIPAA agreement between the confidentiality agreement between your patient and, you know, the user himself, but it started texting like Chris Jericho about CM Punk's like things. And it's just, yeah, that, that makes Je- that, that kind of re- remember when, when punk had kind of fallen out with Jericho and Jericho said that punk wasn't, I don't know if you remember when Jericho was trying yeah, to no, 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 no. I agree. It. I agree. Yes. They, they I remember that they, they essentially is just like, I'm not going on any podcast or blah, blah, blah. So stop calling me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And Jericho was like, I wonder why punk's doing this. I think Punk probably knew that Jericho was doing was was, was trying to like stooge around and figure out what was going on. Probably, it, that's, I th- that's real fucked up, but on Jericho's part, to, to be honest, I think he was interested, just like the rest of us, at least. But man, it's just to me, Punk always sort of had a case, and Doctor Iman, to me, I mean, in terms of just like a judicial sort of thing, not in terms of just like ethics. I think well, Punk ethics- isn't the one. Punk isn't the one taking Amon the case the, to court, though. You know, right? So it's like, the, to me, the case from the jump was silly, and I think Amon didn't doesn't realize what would have happened if. I mean, we could talk about the precedent right now. Like, be, yeah, Amon it kind of realize, ruined himself more. Yeah, and it's like he doesn't realize that if he won that case like podcasts in general are fucked because you can't say anything mean about anybody that means nia Jax that we talk about on this podcast and yeah. elias and all these people we can't say anything mean about them because it'll be considered you know defamation hmm. and it's like it, it was just a silly case and I, I think i don't think either and I, and I said this on twitter like i don't think either of them came out of this looking good i think they both came out of this looking really like petty and, and vindictive because even on punk side he lied about a lot of the stuff that was going on. Like, I think CM Punk came out of it. Um, well, I think Dr. Rahman came out a lot. I think in terms of who had more to lose, it's definitely Dr. Rahman because he sort of came out looking like a very shifty character doctor as opposed to like someone who's run by ethics and straight moral and keep it down the line and all this stuff. Whereas CM Punk, I believe just CM Punk just came out. Looking like a liar. Looking like a liar. <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> Looking like someone who, to me, all right, 
what was notable about it to me in terms of reading it and, and shout out to WrestleZone because WrestleZone had a on site correspondent who was pretty much getting all the notes for the rest of the internet. He was great. So, Shout out to wrestling journalism in 2018, especially to the fuckboys who said they don't exist. Um, it's a, I think he's looking back at it and just realizing like, damn, I was a shitty person um, listening to it and stuff like that. And I think he's at a different place in his life. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, you know, I'm, I was surprised how quickly it ended. Uh, it was never going to be that. It's not like a, it's like a civil case. It's not like a, you know, it's not that, uh, not that deep, not that personal, but it's gotcha. like, it's, it's like, I just feel like it was just a silly case in a whole, like you, you've got a whole, they had to spend a whole day talking about Punk's ass and the lump on his ass. And the lump, and it was not on his back, it was on his ass, which is why you couldn't see it. And there, I yeah. remember specifically, there was like a photo gallery that was brought up as um, evidence against Punk because it was like, look, no lump, but apparently punk just didn't want to say it was on his ass yeah and he just wanted to say it was on his back because he didn't feel like talking about a lump on his ass which is a cyst and i have cysts all the time not on my ass but like i've, I've had multiple cysts before and they do don't get me wrong they hurt like shit they hurt exactly. like, they hurt like a motherfucker so I, I and the fact that it continues to grow and it continues to get infected i don't know if like the proper treatment of it is to squeeze it out but sometimes some cysts can't all right all right all right all right <laughs> that's disgusting but like just just looking at like how the case um kind of unfolded like dr Amon's whole case was to prove that punk actually damaged his career yes. and i think there are two points in that case where dr Amon kind of shot himself in the foot I think it was like the first or second day they asked, has your standing in the WWE changed? And have you like, can you sleep well? Um, are you going through emotional, you know, any, any type of, of, of pain and struggle? And he said, no, you know, he was like, like, I'm still making the same amount of money. Like I haven't, I haven't lost my job because of this. And I was, when I saw that, I was like, he's probably going to lose because of that. But then on the other end, it was like, punk. Frankly, he should just lose his job all after this. Now. No, <laughs> he's, not gonna, he's not going to lose his job after this. Cause the thing about it is, is that nobody, like no one has ever said anything bad about him on, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he's to, from what I understand and from what I hear, like he's always been pretty respected as, as the, the, uh, the doctor for the WWE. It's just mm-hmm. this particular instance. It was just like, who, and I don't know if this is people were just tired of punk. I don't, you know, he sounds like he wasn't a, a very nice person to be around at the time. And, but that's no excuse, you know, but it's like, it, it's just a weird, that's why you, you don't even hear WWE talking about it. It's like, this is, it has nothing to do with us. You know, no, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't at all. Besides the footage that's being shown and Glenn Jacobs make an appearance. Um, the, oh, and John like, Cone, John Cone, the referee who was John Cone. I think to me the the biggest uh, just the biggest kind of story in the whole thing was the 2014 Rumble match story, which they spent a lot of time on uh, on one of the days in, in the case where you it it you know you find out that Punk didn't leave because of all of the stuff he said on the podcast. He left because they told him that he could not finish the match the way that he wanted to finish the match. I think they forcibly took him out the match. Yeah, they and, did. Um, just because it seems like. after that they were like all right get him out and Mm -hmm. he kept pretty much you know refusing to leave the match so they eventually got Kane and kind of like it's weird because Kane got him out the match but it still kind of looked like stage like he was supposed to get him out the match yeah (laughs) well he probably was supposed to maybe Kane was supposed to be in the final four as well but it was kind of like weird no they sent Kane out from what I understood they sent Kane out 
And I, I don't know if he was supposed to get there. I don't remember the final. Was four. Kane in the Rumble? Was he even? He in was. The he was out already. He was out already. Remember that was the Rumble where they were the, where the authority was tossing people out in in favor of uh, I believe. No, that wasn't that Rumble. It wasn't. Oh shit! No. It wasn't. No, you're right. This was the one Batista one. That weird yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Kane was in. Kane wasn't even. Oh, Kane was number five. All right. Yeah. yeah you know, it is what it is. Um, but the, but the thing that but even even if that was the case, it's like. WWE is automatically immediately taken into question because as soon as you know, it's like okay, they they cared about Punk enough to take him out the out the out the ring, but then it's like, why the fuck would you have can't chain can't choke slam him on the table? Like that's some carny shit. Almost yeah. like they did that because he said no, you know. And it's like it just goes to show like just really how toxic their relationship had become. And uh, Russell Zone actually interviewed Punk and Cabana afterwards, and Punk who has a UFC match or UFC fight, sorry, in, in a couple of days said, you know, I'm just glad to have this uh, you know, behind me and I, I wanna I want to get my life back. And you know How do you feel about the crying? When he cried, uh he cried during the case, he cried after he won. Um is he you really think he that's a that's a byproduct of him changing or at least just like being grateful or something along those lines? I mean it, yeah. I think he's 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 glad that this is behind him and he doesn't have to talk about this anymore i think the the case loomed over him for a very long time and it caused a lot of people to still be talking about his role in the wwe um it's just it's something that like you said it's been it's been like a, a shadow that's been covering his his whole life for a long time four years yeah for almost yeah. four years so he's finally able to get it out and you know it's over and i'm glad it's over because we don't have to i don't have to see that many more people talking about wwe's practices and trying to unionize wrestlers so yeah all right yeah yeah all right yeah yeah it's a lot it's it's a lot of crosstalk i think with with like just internet wrestling and as a whole where it's like they're taking a side with punk where it's like you know WWE is a terrible company because they did this 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 and that and i'm like you know like nobody's right saved more lives than they probably have done detriment to and you can probably ask mvp about that yeah like nobody to me in this i'm not taking a side no one's right Aman isn't right. The WWE isn't right. If you know, we'll probably never get that true story of what happened with the with the uh, when they let him go. But it's like nothing. No you one thinks so. Right. I I think that, and I've always I've always stood I've always stood um, steadfast in believing that. I do believe they they did that, and I do believe they did that because he because of what he had done to them. I do believe it was in retaliation. I believe it. The fire, the firing of it. The, the letter when they sent it on his wedding day or whatever. I, I don't think it was an accident, but I do think that it was a retaliation. But it's like even on Punk's, on Punk's end, it's like you, you didn't think that they was going to do that. You didn't think they were going to be petty. You've already uh, seen it. You left. You walked I, out on them. I would, saying, I would be so interested to hear the actual real story behind this about essentially, you know what? I feel like it's coming up. You know, the anniversary will come up sometime early next year, and I'm sure the, the five year one, and I'm sure so many people are going to talk about it. But I would love to like deep dive and do some research in terms of just like things that were said and how, because the only three people in the room when Punk were fired were Vince McMahon, CM Punk, and Triple H. Yep. And I believe Triple H has kind of spoken about it. Vince McMahon has kind of spoken about it. CM Punk has kind of spoken about it. And they're essentially. Two, three ish different stories regarding yeah, not even because because Triple H doesn't even cooperate Vince's story, which no. is like <laughs> and, and, and Triple H's stance has always been, well, Punk's a weird guy. And 
you know, there's some there's some shit there between those two. But mm-hmm. would Triple H and how he is now, would he be more open to talk about this? Or would Triple H, as he is now, be more open to talk about punk and then do something and say something about it? Because I don't think he would. That's what I'm saying. So it's like it's very interesting. And Vince, of course, isn't going to talk about it. And Punk just he's, he's done with that part of his life. So uh, and speaking of anniversaries uh ne- next week uh money in the bank is is going to be airing on on the WWE network and me and meals will be rewatching money in the bank 2011 the main events in, in particular between CM Punk and John Cena stay tuned <clears throat> one of the biggest uh one of the biggest main events i think of of this generation in my opinion was it a five star match i believe it was yes it was a five star match it was WWE's first five star match and i want to say like seven or eight years Jesus Christ! Yeah, so it it, was, it it set a precedent, and and since then they've they've had another one just this year. They have, they've had two this year. Fuck. Hey, all from NXT, all from NXT though. But uh, anyway, that was the CM Punk case. I, I'm I'm glad that he and, and and also I feel bad for Cole Cabana also. Uh, Holy shit, he got roped into this for no reason. That's almost like he'll be all right. <laughs> no, but I'm but no, that's oh, come on. That's not not he'll be all right. This this motherfucker is was in court facing for a four million dollar lawsuit just for just for putting out a podcast he had nothing he said nothing bad about dr amon nothing mm. this is true he was the he was a definition of collateral damage i feel very bad you know for what? Him. I, i'd have to listen to the podcast again no he did no he was playing devil's advocate the whole time he literally was like don't you think that like he i specifically remember him saying like one time like, he was like don't you think that they acted this way because you were acting this way and punk you know being indignant and just shit continuing to shit on them. Like Cole Cabana took no sides there. In fact, if you remember the podcast, Cole Cabana barely talked. It was punk just talking. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And well, I'd have to listen to it again, but you're probably right. I'm going to say you're probably right. I'm saying that cause I have no strong recollection of it, but I kind of would see, you know, it doesn't matter. He was essentially being punished for putting it out. And I think that's fucked up. Right. And I, I, I'm it's his medium was, though. Yeah, it was definitely his me. Like, there's some sort of uh, how do you say accountability when it comes to it? You know, well, especially well, I mean, when you're hosting this conversation about this type of thing to an but audience. If, but if that's the case, then you should, you should, you should uh, stop letting how you should have stopped letting Howard Stern be on radio. You right. should stop letting the Breakfast Club be on radio. Like that. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, he doesn't no, think that. Was I 100 agree. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, we don't have to worry about it now because they won. And you know, shout out to everybody who has a podcast and they get to say whatever they want to say. Uh, what next news item? Shawn Michaels yesterday said that he was down for one more match. He's lying. Damn! Why would he say he's lying? He's fucking lying. He's not going to do one more match. He just likes the conversation. I, I can't tell you how many times we've had this conversation of Shawn Michaels in one more match over the last like seven years. Like uh, he, if he wanted to have one more match, he would have had the damn match by now. He keeps getting older. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, the and he cut his hair. Who wants to see that? What do you mean? Uh, so what? Triple H cut his hair. He looks gross with the hair. I can't mention the heartbreak kid. I mean, he's not even a kid anymore. Heartbreak senior. Um, oh, he'll have a you know he'll have a new tagline. They probably already or something or like the, I don't know. But you know what? I I don't believe. You know what? Well, he made it specific. He said he'd be he would rather it be a tag match and not a singles match where he could kind of do some fun stuff and he could do stuff with Triple H. 
Um, I, I mean, who do you think were some people that you would like outside the box in a, that you in would want to see him, match? Yeah, that you want to see him go against in a tag match. Yeah, with Triple H. Shit. I mean, obviously, people want to see Gargano. Obviously, they want to see AJ. They want to see Brian. Oh, I kept thinking you're thinking tag matches. Like I know, but you, it doesn't have to be a tag team, brother. Okay. What are you about? Um, it should be. Uh, no, no, it shouldn't. What are you talking about? You know what? Have him against Velveteen Dream. I think that would be nice. And who? Shawn Michaels. Oh, the, the singles match. I mean, if he's okay, sure. If he, oh, if all right. You want me to make a tag team out of nowhere? It doesn't wow. have well, shit. Fucking Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey weren't a tag team like that. I know. All right. Well, so I'm conv- all right. A, a tag. He said people. he wanted a tag match. He said he, said he, he wanted, wanted a tag match. match. I don't. Would, I can't think of a. I think I can't think of a dream tag match scenario with Shawn Michaels in 2018. I'll just be honest with you. Somebody There's, he can he could hide off of. I mean, they, I mean, the Ronda Rousey <laughs> match was. was let me tell you who he's not facing. And sh- Let me tell you who he's not facing. He's not he facing that. the Bucks. I'll tell you that. Well, no. I don't think that's <laughs> man is not taking <laughs> He's not. Ta- I mean, I think he could, but. His super kicks is different, though. He's got a more powerful super kick. He's got the super kick. He has the, he has the sweet chin music, my friend. Yeah, yeah. More like powerful he, than any other side shuffle kick or whatever the fuck they're doing. Man, he has the the best kick of what well, he's he's mastered that style of kick. So like they their kicks aren't you know he's got like his kick level is a ninety nine. That's his overall kick level. Right. But I I think if if I were to to I would of course want Gargano. But the thing is the thing that's a problem with the tag match is that the two people he'd be facing are two people that we would want him to be facing as a single anyway. And that's my problem with that. With him yeah, with him I'm not that. really I'm not really I don't know I don't really see a dream tag team match scenario. But then like, again. I, like you say, AJ and Brian, it's like, well, we don't want to see Triple H against either of those guys. We just want, you know, and I, that's a handicap match at that point, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it would have to be like some like dastardly heels and it would probably end up being like Jinder Mahal and like <laughs> Rusev or some shit like that. Like, well, it'd be, it'd be Jinder and it'd be somebody that people like wanted him, wanted to see him against, you know? So it'd be like, They'll turn. They'll flip AJ just to have that happen. Kali. Or, 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 oh wow! What big show? No, you know what I think. You know what I think they do. I think they would do it like when uh, when Hogan came back. That's right. And then when Shawn Michaels kicked his ass. How about yeah. that? Yeah. And uh, and you'll have like the AJ. It'll be AJ uh, Shawn. It'll be like the Hogan Michaels of that of this time. I think that's I the Hogan Michaels of this time. That I'll be done. They flip AJ just for that program. But ex- instead of that, like don't have AJ like selling like an idiot. No, they have respect for one another. I think you know <laughs> the yeah. reason why. If we should go behind, we should go, we should go back to that match as well. No, <laughs> when, was, when, when was that match? That was uh, SummerSlam. It was right? SummerSlam 2005. I have the DVD. <laughs> I really like that uh, that build to that match, to that uh, match, but the match not so much. The match is not so much. No, but you know it is what it is. All right, so this next segment uh, we're, we're going to be talking about New Japan Dominion. And I want to call somebody. We, we've been trying to reach this guy for a couple of days. Where our, our schedules didn't match up, but I'm going to see if we can we can make this work right now. I'm going to call him. He's, he's, he said he's on. He said he's on a bus right now to Atlanta. Bus to Atlanta. All right, hold on one second. Turn on speaker. 
if it doesn't answer, then I'll just I'll just run it. Hello. Hello, Chris Mack, are you there? Yes, I am, man. Good, brother. Good, brother. It's me and Mills here on the A Show. What's good? What's good? Nothing much. I, I I hear you're on a train or, or a bus to Atlanta, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, right now we're on a on the way to Columbia right now. I guess we're going to Red Sox first in Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the bus, man. It's a long, dangerous 12-hour drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. have to suffer through and, and try to get sleep, but I can't get sleep, so I just don't stop in 30 minutes or so. Yeah. Yes, I, I hit you up just a couple of minutes ago to talk about the, and I won't, I won't hold you for very long. I just want to, um, I want to ask you about the two top matches on the show. Uh, one of them is uh, Tetsuya Naito versus Chris Jericho. I just want to get your feelings and your thoughts about, you know, how this shakes out. And I, I personally think Naito is going to lose the IC title to Jericho. Um, but what do you think is going to be the outcome here? And do you think that'd be good for Naito, who we all, I think, you know, it's it's no it's no secret that a lot of people think that he's kind of fallen off a little bit uh, this year. Oh man! So so about this match fight, it's, it's interesting because you know I look at this main card in whole, like a lot of these title matches are pure toss ups too, man. Like I don't really know what's going like really playing here, but uh, well, Taito and Jericho that's actually the most intriguing one. Here that you know you don't know what Jericho deal with each man is. Real is how often he's going to be on the shows, or he's just going to be on like all major shows as well. And as far as Naito goes, you know, it would be great to see him like get a big victory here since you know he has been up and down, you know, overall since Russell Kingdom, and he's just won the Intercontinental title against Suzuki. And I feel like he should win, though so I wouldn't be surprised if like Jericho like wins the title and he claims his essence. Yeah, I, I, I really, I'm not a huge fan of the build to this. I think it's, it's kind of, it's kind of killed my excitement for the match a little bit. Like, 
uh, Joe Cosby shows when um, and it's just, it's, 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 that that's definitely sold out. Like he's showing out the NBC obviously like replacement to like Nakamura and Sokade and Tadahashi as far as the least so point A, point B. Yeah. But, you know, as far as, you know, having him being the guy, you know, that that loses here in this position yeah i'm I'm not really sure i'm I'm not sure like what jericho would, would bring to the table as ic champion that you'd be looking at like a brock situation there where he doesn't show up to all the shows all the time and lord knows when you, he'll he'll show up again to defend that belt yeah it makes no sense for him to win the anyway yeah i mean it's just like wait i'm like he did have a title match at Russia, even though it, they never really called it the United States title match between him and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, like, he shouldn't be winning the title anyway in his career. You know, that's the thing to tell because Naito. Yeah, just just let Naito have it. Um, well, the, the the next thing I wanted to ask was about uh, Okada Omega. This is their fourth encounter. Oh, yeah. Two out of three falls, no time limit. This is what we're all waiting for. Do you think this goes over an hour? Yes. I, I think it I, I think it goes slightly over an hour. I think it goes forty five. You going for forty five? Yeah, I think I'll go forty five minutes. I think the thing about it is I'm gonna start to get real worried when it's thirty minutes and there hasn't been a fall yet. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, Brian Davidson Austin Aries had like a two hour three falls match like fourteen years ago. No, no, sixteen years ago. And that meant like ninety minutes, man. So you never know. Yeah. Never know. We get them. I've seen a lot of people say that they really feel like Okada is going to keep it and they want Okada to keep it. Personally, I think Okada having the championship this long has kind of soured my interest in a lot of the, the main events in, in New Japan. But um, I, I really do. That, that, go ahead. I, I think that I, you know, there's a lot of podcasts I listen to and they're like, oh, just keep it on them. It's fine. I'm like, I, I don't think it's fine. I, I think New Japan wants to break into 
they, they really want to break into the, the the American market. And I think the best way to do it, put the title on, on Kenny Omega. This is somebody that can go to all of, all of these shows, all these indie shows, and show up with that title and make it, you know, put it over as a, as a huge deal in America. And I think this is your first way to, your, you know, your first step in doing that because the Cow Palace show is next month. And that'll be his first title defense, ideally. Oh, yeah. So, like, I, I think you do that, and you and you have him put over strong, and, and I think this also helps the the uh, the Bushi storyline and the eventual, which I think you know you and I both know they're probably going to be facing each other at the dome in January. Oh yeah, right at the dome, and he just for making that swing. So he wins, but uh, Cody get another shot at the Cow Palace. I I, would, I think I think that you you should do Cody Omega. Uh, for the belt at the Cow, at the Cow Palace for his first defense, and then have uh, Omega win, and then I think Omega either Okada wins the G one, and then uh, I would have Naito probably lose the IC title down the line and and beat Omega this fall. Okay, as far as like you know, when he's um when G one, would it would it be more sense if Omega is champion? That would be crazy. That would be crazy. I that would be dope too. So there are there are a lot of different ways that we could go. Uh, I, I I don't want to I don't want to hold you too long. I just want to talk about Dominion for a second. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Talk about uh, oh, Dominion for a second. I wish you could be under better circumstances right now, but hey, man. I I I want to make sure that everyone gets gets the shine, and, and I know you'll be back. I, I would love to have you back in the G one this summer. Oh no doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, hopefully, when the lineups are out. All right, all right, Mac. Thanks, man. All right. All right, that was Chris Mack talking to us about uh, Dominion. That That is going to be airing this Friday night, going into Saturday morning on uh, New Japan World. I cannot wait for this card. I'll be honest, I might be dead. Um, <laughs> there's a grad party on Friday that I'm DJing at, and by the time I get home, after working a long day and then doing that party... Might be dead, but I'll try my best to stay up for it. Or not, I'll watch it on Saturday. <gasps> I can't watch it on Saturday. I'm supposed to go to Schmorgersburg. All right, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll get it. Before the next A show, I will have seen Dominion for sure. Maybe live. Maybe not. I'll, I'll need to take – what are the drugs that keep you awake? Uh, Drugs that keep you awake? I don't know. I don't do drugs. Oh, okay. Neither do I. Um, You know, as, you know. You passed my test. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I, I want to spend very little time on Raw. Raw was terrible. Raw like, has Raw has been 
Terrible. And even the match that was supposed to be good ended terribly. So you didn't even feel fulfilled watching the show. I'll be completely honest with you. I tuned out of the show. I tuned out halfway during the show and I just started looking at my phone. I tried to find other things to do. Like I was just, I'm so out of it. I kind of, I know what happened, but the fact is there's similar, there's multiple DQs, multiple injuries, multiple Bobby Lashley and weird fits like it's Bobby Lashley looked like a youth pastor on the show. <laughs> Let me tell you. All right. So I was watching the Bobby Lashley segment and you know, it, shout to Sami Zayn for just like now we're, taking the, now we're taking this feud and now we're going through his Instagram. And now that's how I was like, all right, this is a stretch, but let's see where it goes because I love Sami Zayn. But Bobby Lashley's outfit looks exactly like, the outfit when Shawn Michaels stepped down as commissioner in the WWE <laughs> in 2000 and he made McFoley the commissioner. It's exactly the same outfit. White jacket, red shirt. The only thing that's missing is a cowboy hat, but he still wears a hat. Like, look look it up. Look it up. It's like May 2000. Like, look it up. Like, Shawn Michaels is like, yo, I'm no longer going to be commissioner. I'm in this suit that you'll see Bobby Lashley in in like 17 years. Boom. But that's it. That's all I really have in terms of that segment. Um Oh wow! It's, it is. You are you're correct. It's the same suit. It's the same fucking suit. It's, it's crazy. Like that's a, I remember seeing. You know what? It was also in um, No Mercy for N sixty four, and it was one of his like alternate attires. Like he'd walk out and shit like that, and and and, and, and put you in a match against Triple H or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that that segment was terrible. Uh, I, I stick a fork in this this character. This character is done. It's I, done. It, I mean, you know what? I think. They're missing, and it's not. I don't. I the only reason why I'm saying it's not totally done is because the best thing about Bobby is apparently the stuff he does in the ring, and even that sometimes. And for like the past like four weeks, we haven't even seen him in the ring. So it's like, what are we? Well, I think that even when his return was 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 met with a whimper, like it wasn't even a cool return either. But now I think it has some sort of like purpose. Before he was just like loosely tagging with Braun Strowman, but now there's kind of like a purpose for things he does. But we're still missing him in these competitive matches. Like how how easy would it have been to put him in a six man with Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins against Jinder Mahal, Elias, and Sami Zayn? Like that would have been that would have been perfect. Yeah, I, I I do I do think that they're doing a disservice with not having him in the ring, but it's like they're trying to get some type of some type of character out of him. Right. But when he walks out and he's smiling at all this ridiculousness that Sami Zayn's doing, and he looks like and, a goober. Oh my god. Yeah, and then the only time he gets mad is like when he says you weren't in the army. And it's like that's <laughs> I was just like he's saying that your sisters are like <laughs> he's talking man, about your family. And right. Shit. Your IG, all this other and then, stuff. And then I love Michael Cole saying, reminding us on, on commentary, just, just as a reminder, Bobby Lashley has served in the military. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay. I, I never did that. The troops. The yeah, troops. I never like denied it. Like, okay. Oh my sure. God. All right. All right. Well, well let, me, let me hear what you think about this. We have a, we have a new authority figure on Monday Night Raw. Oh it's my Constable God. Baron Corbin. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've, had, we've had sheriffs. You've had GMs, you've had commissioners, you've had uh, what other type of authority figure? Like, just a sh- the fact we even had a sheriff on Raw was just insane. But 
he is now constable. He represents Stephanie McMahon, who apparently can't be on Raw herself. So he represents her in terms of righting the wrongs and it's bullshit. Don't even try to explain it. It's bullshit. It's, it's a good opportunity for Baron Corbin. It's a bad, it's a, but it's, but a it's bad, also a bad opportunity for Baron Corbin. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's not a bad opportunity for Baron. It's a bad situation for Kurt Angle, who is further uh, diminished as a as a GM. Like, look at him as a GM versus Paige as a GM. She has the same job that he does, but like, he like he's way. In, it's it's not that he's not effective, but it's like he's he's literally looks like a, an idiot every time. Like, no one makes Paige look like an idiot. How they make Kurt Angle look like an idiot, right? And it's like, it's weird because it's like, why does he need this constable character? And it's like, I feel like this is just a setup Jason Jordan coming back and having a Baron Corbin match. But it's like, who wants that either? Oh, gross. <laughs> who uh, wants that? We're setting up, we're setting up, there's a long term booking for Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle at Mania next year. Oh, Kurt no. <laughs> Lord, no. Please, oh, my God. God. No. I do not want that. I think it could be good for him, but then I feel like we've seen like authority figures that this hasn't worked out for. Like, if you remember, like, uh, Chief Sean Morley. You remember that when Val Venus was like Sean Morley and he was like Eric Bischoff's assistant or like, you know, Johnny Nitro or yeah. like all these other things. Like it, it, the the point is you're going to get killed by Bar- Braun Strowman at some point. So, you know, it's a... Let it chill out. That's, yeah. that's the only thing that matters is, is getting killed by Braun. Um, but yeah, it, it, they, they did a storyline where he reversed the decision of a, of a six-way match between Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Ember Moon Versus the heels, the heels, the heels, uh, and it was weird. That that part was weird because like, why did Sasha even get mad at Bailey? Because it wasn't even <laughs> her fault that the match got reversed. <laughs> it was Bailey's fault for running in the stupid. It, this makes no sense. Why are we arguing like we don't know how matches work? You can't just enter a match. Exactly. <laughs> I would have. I would have. I would have been perfectly fine with her with them just if if they were as great faces as they are. And I think with Ember Moon and, 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 and Sasha Banks would put them over is to win this three on two situation, this handicap match, like something that happened actually on SmackDown. Uh, it it, it would have worked out better, but then they brought out Bailey and is this is to further drive the wedge between Sasha Banks and Bailey. But like, why are we still doing this? Like why? Yeah, I have no, like I, I have no, it was just a weird way to twist that storyline and have it have something to do with the Sasha Bailey storyline, which we're we're running on like month four of. By the way, it's a it's the most ridiculous thing that we've we've had over the last four months, but not as ridiculous as Nia Jax's sudden face turn. <laughs> yeah, uh, they 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 tried to do some course correction uh, this week on on Raw. I remember last week we were both asking why the hell is Nia Jax a, a heel now. Um, apparently WWE asked the same question and they, they did something that I, that I thought, I mean, I thought the Natalia match was going to be Nia just destroying her and, and turning full heel. It would have been a turned, great competitive match if they actually let it. Yeah. It was, Natalia had like some type of fake injury, of course. And, uh, it goes to commercial break. Yeah, but, but, I mean, before we can get to that, Ronda Rousey's line about, uh, being ripe for the taking and her repeating that line about her husband twice was so hilarious to me. It's, a. Uh... She clearly, you know what? She, I'm, it's clearly something where it's just like she's, she's not fully seasoned yet. She's learning on the job. She's yeah, learning she's the job. learning on the job. But I don't know. Natalian crutches. That just seemed weird. It's like she's not even being taken to a doctor. She just shows up in crutches. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, and then <laughs> she says, she says, y'all need to stop fighting. And it walks away. And then Naya and, and Rhonda are like, 
you know what? She's it's, right. <laughs> so is this, yeah, is this over Natalia now? Like, what is going on over the friendship with Natalia? Like, I don't really want that. Well, I um, think that they've always wanted to angle this storyline to have Natalia do the turn and so having Naya turn slam. heel is just, yeah, I think that's that's the direction, but it's like turning Naya heel is not the way you go to get there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it wouldn't make any sense. Like, you don't want to have two heels there if you're gonna if you're gonna flip the title on her um but it just a just a very I, i'm i'm okay with the course correction there I, i'm not i'm not mad at that at all i don't think naya should uh turn heel i think there are enough heels on raw on the women's side and naya deserves to be a, a face for a while she's been a heel for a very long time in her career so um she's she's cool she's cool where she's at as a, as a face I are you so. are you excited for the naya ronda match No, but you could I'm be. open. Yeah, I'm open <laughs> to it. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I'm not like, oh man, this is gonna be exciting because based on I'm, I'm this is basically pure off of WrestleMania where it's just like wow, Ronda Rousey really showed her ass on this one. Yeah. Whereas now it's kind of like she's sort of like they took off the training wheels and she sort of has to kind of do it alone. So it'll be interesting to see how they end up booking this match. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, the big matches for this week were all DQs. I don't think that there's much to talk about with uh, with with Finn Balor and Kevin Owens, which started out really well and it was really starting to go somewhere. And then the fucking he got DQ'd for stomping Finn Balor way too much. I Listen, guess there's gonna and then we're gonna have to rematch next week. So here we are. Yeah, <laughs> it's just weird. It's like you don't want to. It's like you don't want to beat Kevin Owens, but it's like you've been beating him for months. So what was the difference? So, so do you think the source of like Raw's issue because Raw's also had you know record low ratings over the past couple of weeks and they bounced back this week, but still not by much. Do you think the source of it is? starts from the top with no real champion or no real thing? Or is you think it's like purely just like how they're angling things with like storylines and stuff? Well, it's hard to, it's hard to carry a show without a champion. And it's like, they've been doing this for what going on two years now. Well, it's really been like when, since Brock won it like four years ago, it's really kind of been on and off for like the past four years. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to run a show like that. I, I and I think it's, it's tough for anybody, including Roman, including, I mean, even Seth. Um, I think the storyline, they, they go as the title goes, but it's like, you also got to remember there's like six weeks of TV that they got to fill. So like, you're going to be treading water. Like this feels like the longest six weeks ever. Remember we had like six weeks between, uh, what was it? The, the, the paper, paper, pay-per-view before uh, mania. What was it? Fast lane. We had six Fast weeks lane. between that. And I didn't, for some reason, I didn't feel that as much as I feel this. No, because this is a real low, and we're, and we're getting things like, like apparently we're getting at um at the next pay per view Money in the Bank, we're getting the B team versus the the leader of worlds. Oh, so, <laughs> I did you watch that? I, you, I skipped right past that battle royal. I looked at who was in it, and I skipped right past it. I watched it and saw Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre enter the match, and was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then they were, I think they were the second ones. They were the first ones out from. But I saw they were the oh, first. they were the first ones out. I thought Fandango was Breezango was, but no, they were the first ones out. Wait, I thought I thought Dolph was. I guess I was no, wrong. Dolph was. Dolph was. Oh, Dolph, yeah. Dolph okay. was. Breezango eliminates um, Ziggler and, and and so it's kind of ridiculous. Like I don't know, it's a, and, it's a weird then, tag division. Then you don't have authors of pain in there, but then I I've been hearing for, through uh, 
through a through a, a source that uh, one of the members of that tag team is actually injured right now, and that's why they're not even on TV. Oh, damn! It's that NXT curse, baby. Come yeah, on. this as soon as you get in the, on the show, you get injured. It's, it's crazy. Tag team. It happened to Enzo. Happened to the the revival. The revival, and now it's happened to these guys. Man, listen, it should have stayed with Paul Paul Erring. You could have showed them the way. It's karma, brother. It's karma. Uh, but yeah, I I have no no love for for the tag team division on, on Raw. I I don't think that the uh, the leaders of worlds will be losing this. I I do think the program is eventually going to lead to uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. But my thing is like, do you really want to keep those two as a tag team for that long? I would much rather just shift it off to AOP. But then AOP yeah. AOP's got a bunch of dorks to fight. <laughs> like they don't have they don't have a really good tag division. I mean, they could have a, a competitive tag division. It's just that they. Yeah, they filled it up with dorks. Yeah, they kind of did. Yeah, that's. I think that sums it up really because when you look at Smack, <laughs> SmackDown's tag team division, they're like at least four legitimate tag teams. Yeah, four, the former tag team champions, actual tag team champions. And, on the and one roster. team, and one team hasn't even debuted yet. Yeah, and 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 on the Raw roster, you kind of you don't even have that. You have. A, a bunch of, I mean, you have Heath Slater and Rhino who was tag team champions at one point, but I think they were really the only team that was actually tag team champions in that match. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of weird. Raw Raw's tag team division is very much lacking, but you know, uh, Raw is lacking as a whole. Um, what do you think about the before we get off of that? Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns being paired so closely is is this foreshadowing to something that that may be coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks? Nah. <laughs> they're trying to shine up Roman Reigns by letting him hang out with Seth Rollins a little bit. And it's, it's kind of cooling off Seth Rollins. I'm not even going to hold you. No, I'll be back next week. Once he gets away. Right, from right. But, but the thing is, Seth's got to work with not, he's like worked with the best. Now he's got to work with complete shit. Now, now he's yeah. got to work with like Elias and gender. And well, Eli- like- listen, Elias isn't bad, man. Elias is something that you, someone that quite possibly could have his best match with Seth Rollins at money in the bank. Like it, it I very well think it's could happen. I think this is his first major opportunity and since he debuted last year where he's kind of had all these kind of like very small um but notable opportunities, but this is really his first opportunity to be like, listen, I can be a champion. Right. I I I, I hope that I hope you're right. I I have no expectations for this match. I really think they're shining up Seth for the champion versus champion match with, with Brock. And I think that's where you go. But I, I you know, I'm going to go against good faith and, and common sense with WWE booking. And, and I'm going to say, I really hope that they put the belt on Seth. I mean, there's nobody, there's somebody else. Roman's had his time to do this, but they're probably knowing them. They'll probably give him one more chance at SummerSlam. And he'll yeah. Go according to, you know, her, our, our friend Dave Meltzer at the wrestling observer, that appears to be the tentative plans for SummerSlam is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar again in Brooklyn yep. at the main event of the show. So we'll see how it goes. <sighs> let's, let's never learn. Uh, but yes, uh, that, that was raw. And uh, I, SmackDown, I thought was a in, in SmackDown and 205 Live, immensely better shows this week than, than Raw. Once again, um, SmackDown had, I, I just, I just want to ask one thing before we get into like the good stuff about the show, because I'm glad they got the Carmella segment out the way. Cause it was by far my least favorite segment of SmackDown this week. Um, is this feud with Oscar getting over? I, I don't feel like it's helping Oscar any more than it, it should be. Like, I feel like the stuff with man with Mandy and Sonya and Oscar made Oscar look way cooler than her facing Carmella. I thought that, I mean, in terms of just 
revitalizing the character, not revitalizing Oscar. Oscar doesn't necessarily need revitalization, but at the same time, just getting her, m- making people remember why nobody is ready for. Yeah, nobody is ready for Oscar, and Carmela seems to be saying that nobody's ready for Mela. But at the same, because she's apparently being Oscar twice, um, the the math doesn't add up. But I guess that's part of being heel. Is kind of it doesn't have to. Um, but I think the program itself. Everyone's waiting. To, everyone's waiting for just Asuka to kill Carmella, or yeah. they're waiting for Carmella to roll up Asuka and and score a quick three count, and it just being all weird. I think everyone's just waiting for this to be over. And yeah, just, there's, there's there's nothing from, and then I, I feel the same way with AJ and Nakamura. Like there's nothing with having Carmella win here because the two top fa- or two or three top faces are like Becky. Oscar and Charlotte, and it's like just have Oscar win and just do the the, the storyline with Oscar, Charlotte, and Becky. Like that's the storyline that everybody really wants to see. Carmella can get spun off with Naomi or somebody or Lana or somebody, and that'll work that way. She probably won't get spun off anywhere, to be honest with you. But I do believe, you know what? I did like the two on one handicap match between Oscar versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. It really, really made Oscar look cool. Um, the girls really? continue to get uh, opportunities on SmackDown. Like they continue to get reps in the ring and continue to show themselves off. So it's really, really good opportunity for them. And, and Hey, uh, two women's matches that weren't tag matches. Oh, this is true. We had two women's <laughs> matches. We had Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch on the, on the show. We had Lana and Naomi, um, in a, in a mixed tag, in a mixed tag, like listen, these this is this is a way. SmackDown is trying alternative ways to you know promote this money in the bank matches, and it isn't just a constant you know flipping of like okay, this week we're going to do Bobby versus Braun, and then next week we're going to do Braun versus <laughs> Kevin, and then next week so actually Finn Balor is going to be versus Braun. Whereas they're saying okay, these. We we have a competitive rivalry between Charlotte and, and Becky Lynch. Let's play That's on that. Yeah, I like and, that. And and Becky Lynch ends up getting the win. Uh, you know, and and on IG they kind of you know before the match they said um, Charlotte has won four matches to Becky's three when they've you know been against each other in the ring and now they sort of even it up, which is nice and cool. You and that's a nice that's a nice storyline twist in case they want to go back to that. Right. And you have Naomi and Jimmy Uso versus Lana and Aiden English. I mean, it's not Lana and Rusev, but it is still part of Rusev Day. And it was a good match. I mean, what are you, what's your thoughts on Lana's dance moves, by the way? Them I saw your tweet. Is, them joints is funny, man. I can't, I can't get over it. Like, I just cringe every time. Like, it's, it's, it's not bad. It looked like she her, went to a, like, she went to, like, a hip-hop open dance workshop class. yeah it looks like, <laughs> looks like she, had the, she looks like she had the darren's dance grooves dvd <laughs> and she was watching that for a couple years like the it robot the like, robot stuff is wild right it's smooth don't get me wrong <laughs> oh she got a smooth robot but it's like <laughs> but other than that i'm like so can you do the shooter dance? Like, can you like whip Dog, like if Lana does the shoot dance, <laughs> I will fucking scream. Bro. It's like, Come can on. you get can you get some time dancing time in the ring with our truth or something, and we can just like get some new moves in? Like, is it, you know what? But I still, nonetheless, I still like what they're doing with that. It, it seemed a lot like harken back to like a mixed match challenge a little bit, but it was still fairly good on SmackDown. Hey, hey, hot take, hot take, brother. Lana's better than Carmella. <sighs> yeah. 
<laughs> She's better than Carmella. I, you know what? I I like Lana better than I do Carmella, and I tried to. You know what? I thought Carmella was. She was having her moments in NXT, and I think they kind of like they called her up before she could really have that like strong veteran presence on NXT. Yeah. Um, but she was, you know, now she's kind of like she's having her time. I I don't think it's her best time. I think her best matches or best opportunities are still ahead of her. But as of right now, it's just not working. You kind of it's not working. You just kind of seem like a cheap heel. Yeah, it, it's like you're annoying, but that's it. You're just annoying. You know, it doesn't really work. I, I I like the I like the layers of Lana's uh, her heeldom. Like she is a wife, but she's also like very like she she's conniving in a, in a sense that she would call a dance battle in order to get a heads up on her opponent. I just, I just think she's a better written character and a better written heel than Carmella is currently. I think she's a and she's she's really cool. She's got a really cool look. And she, like I really like. Lana as a character right now. I never thought I'd say that. I feel like Lana's going to go into business for herself and drop the accent. And then they're just going to have to change it and just have to write her oh, out she, without an accent. Oh, bro. She had no accent during that match. Did you hear when she was shouting, uh, when she was shouting Usos? No. She, it's taunting, she was taunting Naomi. She's shouting Usos. And I was like, is that somebody from the crowd? And I was like, oh, shit. No, it's, it's fucking Lana. It's sounding like she's American. She's going to go out of, she's going to go into business for herself, drop the accent. See, like, Kofi did it. Like, why can't I do it? Like, blah, blah, blah. so, you know. More, more power to her. More power to her. How do, what did you think of? Uh, oh, the. I was going to say the big cast promo. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the big cast promo. I liked where it was. I liked where it was on the stage. I just, <laughs> I just felt like it was. I think you like where it was and like the the how you know just this uh, the, as part of this feud, and you're just like, no, I like where it was like visually. Like they never yeah. go on that part of the stage before. Well, not often they don't. That's why I liked it. But uh, was it was it uh was it too long? It, it was kind of long. It, it was a little bit wordy. Like it was a little bit like it, it, it went on for a bit, especially when we know he's kind of reiterating a point, but you know what? Uh, he's not a bad speaker on the mic. No, not at all. It's just that he just, I don't believe in big casts <laughs> because we've seen like 8 million big casts already. And it's the difference between like someone like Big Cass and someone like Braun Strowman, you know, like you can Braun Strowman is sort of breaks the molds that of big guys that WWE has been trying to get out the paint, get out, churn out for like the last like, I want to say 12 years of just like tall guy, wears tights, big boots, kills people. Whereas Braun Strowman adds a little bit more than that. When you look at big cast, you don't really necessarily see that. You kind of just continue to see this archetype of what a big man is in the WWE. And really, in 2018, it should change. Right. It, should, it, it should be different. It should have been evolved by now. The cruiserweights have evolved. Heavyweight matches have been evolved. Matches in general have been evolved. But the big man in the WWE continues to sort of be like you know, the last of a dinosaur stomping breed. And, and Vince makes sure that they all get pushed accordingly. I'll say mm-hmm. that much. Uh, I, I Again, I, I don't have much to say about the promo. I'm not really super excited about the match. Uh, I do think Cass is going to get his win back, which is like, eh, whatever. But, uh, I mean, 
and in, in, in a whole, I hope they could, they'll get more time on this four hour show that Brian can kind of show off more of, of what he's been doing and mm-hmm. kind of put he can put Cass over as like a legitimate threat uh, in turn of doing that. Right, and I think, um, yeah, real. I'll, I'll be yeah. honest, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what did you feel about the contract signing between AJ and Nakamura? I I, I thought Nakamura is, was fucking great here. I I'm all for him winning this title in in two weeks. I like how short the segment is. Yeah. It is the opposite of what usually these um the these contract signings were and I think it it kind of harkens back to like um it harkens back there's there's another sort of uh contract signing that's like this and it happened between Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker like in 2002 like the Paul Heyman days like this is kind of like that even with the same intensity of it all and I think when you make it an intimate setting you're able to get intense as opposed to like this wide open setting where things have to get like theatrical and you have to be able to like tell a story from people who are like a hundred feet away up in the rafters or something and be able to tell that and have that sort of physicality this was a little bit more nuanced and I liked it I like the yeah. energy of it. I like the intensity of it. I like it all. Yeah, I, and the crux of it, you know, being backstage is that you got to see a lot more of Nakamura's facials and a lot more of the character stuff he was doing there. Uh, I really liked him playing around with AJ saying, you know, the pen is the pen didn't have any ink. Then he said the other pen's broken. Then AJ, it causes AJ to snap. And, <laughs> and AJ, AJ, you know, slaps the shit out of Nakamura and gets carried away by uh, Dean Malenko <laughs> and Adam Pierce. Uh, Dean Malenko, who has like no hair anymore. This is, he might as well not. He might as well not. He's hanging on to whatever he, he's doing. Like the reverse, he's doing like the Uncle Phil. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, the whole segment as a whole kind of made me look at this this feud full circle here, and and how it started and how it's been going. And you know, it's been a feud that's had ups and downs. I, I won't put it on a on a level of as as bad as the AJ Kevin Owens feud, which seemed to go on forever. Also. Mm-hmm. But I, I I do think the the returns that you are getting here aren't diminishing. They're actually I do think it's been getting better. Um, okay. I and I I'm really excited for this match and and I think that you know having Nakamura be this super evil guy, just the time that they've spent in these past two to three months making him to who he is right now, it will actually make him a better character. I, I really do think that they see a lot in his character, and it's and it really shows in these segments like this. I agree. Uh, speaking of, of of big feuds and, and things that are actually now starting, we call this this almost feud. Let me just let me just say this: we called this way early. It's like, easy. I want to I say months ago we called this. Uh, almost is of course feuding with Sin Cara. He beat the shit out of Sin Cara on SmackDown. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Sin Cara was like, "Yo, I knew this guy for years," and and Selena Vega's like, "You made him a wimp. Like you made him. You forced him to wear a mask. Like you and blah blah blah." And now you know, really good promo by her. Also, um, Almas is just like, "Fuck that! I'm, I'm I'm being the shit out of you now. Like we're no, <laughs> we're no longer friends. Like I'm 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 big timing you. That's essentially he's like I'm big timing you now. Like I don't I know." I don't know where you think I am now, but it's changed. I'm not the Mills, Drake that I used to. Mills, you uh, you you used to big time people. You're you're a big timer yourself. What do you mean? You're a big timer yourself. You you know you're a big timer. What? All right, I have no idea what you're talking about. Hanging out uh-huh. with hanging out with people from the real world. Oh, that, that was cool. 
That was cool as fuck. I'm not even going to lie. I, I tried not to, like, mark out internally, and then it just happened all after the fact. Oh, uh, you're a mark. Oh, you're, you're for sure a mark. That, that people it. knew me. And people would, you ever, would you ever get on the challenge? Would I? I would. I don't think I'd be that good at it. <laughs> Why not? Because I think you need a lot more. I think the challenge is catered for people who are natural athletes. And I'm not a natural athlete. Like, I barely play sports. All that working out? It, it work out, but, like, if, if you if you could go to the gym and be on the challenge and win, like, what, that's not the point. You have to be, like, a competitor. Like, you have to have, like, an athletic drive for it. I've seen enough seasons to know that people who work out tend to just blow up really fast. Um, <laughs> so it, it doesn't usually work out for them. But people with that competitive drive who's played sports, who does all that, except if you're, like, Cara Marie or something. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into it, but that was okay, cool. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, it's another podcast. It's Mad Real World. Um, Mad Real World. It's not happening. <laughs> it was happening, but it's not happening. I think I might still have that first episode somewhere. It's, on, it's somewhere. Um, but how, how do you feel, like, as a whole, as for the build, uh, about the build for the the whole both uh, Money in the Bank matches from SmackDown to Raw and, and just putting them together? I think they're creative. I think they're a lot more creative than the stuff that we're doing on Raw. As, as I said earlier, I really, you know, the main event between the New Day, the Miz, Samoa Joe, and Rusev, first of all, put New Day in a main event slot, which they should be at this point because the three guys work hard and the three guys can carry the main event of a show. Right. Um, you get to highlight the three heels who are in the match, the Miz, Samoa Joe, and Rusev, and how even just, you know, while they're on the team, same team, there's definitely friction between them. The Miz accidentally throwing pancakes in and, and Samoa Joe's face and Rusev kicking Miz. And, that was and a good finish. It, it was a good, the, even the, you know what, you know what stood out the most about that match though? how fun the commentary is compared to raw <laughs> yes oh my god when it tom phillips was like day. whoa it's like he came through the screen i was like that's exactly what i was thinking bro <laughs> like what the fuck like, I, but the thing is raw's commentary was actually pretty good this week because david otunga isn't as terrible as the coaches he's still bad he's still he's bad. not as terrible don't get me wrong david otunga seems like the most phoned in commentary of all time it's like well rusev you know <laughs> and i'm just like bro just Brent, him dropping push your teeth uh lines out there. All right, guys. All right. That was he did that too early in the show. He did that to pop us real early. And then yeah. he kind of like <laughs> he had that planned. He was like, oh, I ain't gonna be on raw. I gotta this push a T thing. It's oh hot. speaking speaking of commentary, did you watch the, the Moral Ronaldo documentary? I did not. No, I did not. I haven't Holy actually shit. seen it. Is there Holy any way shit. that I can catch it on demand or on some sort of internet source uh I, I can i can let you know that off air uh but it's it is amazing i think it's one of the one of my favorite things i've I've watched this year also like uh just showing you and, and apparently this this documentary was finished in like 2015 oh really so, so showtime picked it up and they they added on to it so there are scenes from before uh i think it was supposed to originally end when he called mayweather pacquiao Ah, and then it, it it goes further than that, and um, no, I think it ended 2016. I want to say because May the Mayweather Pacquiao was 2016. Um, and so it go it goes further than that, and now it actually hits to to NXT time, and it hit, and he talks about you know why he left SmackDown, and Triple H has words for him, and um, a lot of, a lot of different stuff. It's it's very. It's sometimes unsettling. It's it's mm-hmm. very sad. It, it literally, I almost got a little emotional just watching it, and because I never knew the type of things that he was going through. And it talks about how he, he was hospital, 
hospitalized at least uh, in one year for his wow. bipolar disorder. And it, it is a very harrowing and, and amazing documentary. I think he's a, he's a re- it, it gave me a newfound respect for him because I, I did not know he had been through so much uh, in just his 20s. Like, you know, this is a guy that was hospitalized and, uh, you know, they have a, a point where he, he calls a, a, a fight. And then after the fight, he's like, you know, I, I suck. Like he's reading his Twitter, his, his you know, his Twitter uh, mentions. And they're like, great, great job, Moro, great job. And he's just like, what the fuck these people know? Like, I suck. And it's like, you never even, you never know he goes through stuff like that, you know? And I just thought it was a very, very deep look into the mind of somebody that goes through such a mental disorder, such a violent and rapidly changing one as well. So very, very good documentary. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watching it. I, I hate to, I hate to get dark there, but uh, let, let's, let's lighten things up a little bit. With, some, your, with your favorite show of, of the week? Of my favorite show of the week, uh, 205 Live. Well, oh of the week so far, because we still got Dominion, but, uh, 205 Live, brother. We talked about Hideo Itami last week, and I said, you know what? All signs are really pointing to him going after the belt. And then what happened at the end of this this episode? You were right. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? I wish he was on the main roster. That is my take. (laughs) He he is on the main roster, though. Well, I mean, yes, he's on 205 Live. I wish he was on one of the the blue or the red brand. That's what I would say. He's on the purple brand, and that's that's where he seems to fit right now. Listen. I'm not. I'm, I'm not arguing about this. I just want him to be somewhere else. I don't. I don't want to argue about it. Well, if wishes were fishes, the Tommy came out. And, <laughs> the Tommy came out and, and beat up a bunch of guys. I'm just playing. I, I just talked them about talk to them like they're jobbers. It looks like the program might be uh, Tommy and Ali next, which would be pretty cool. I, I really don't like that Ali is is taking so many losses. And yeah, I don't. I think he's a pretty cool guy. I think he just, just. I think he'll get his win eventually. It might not be in 2018 though. Um. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but I mean, it, it makes sense to you know after someone you know gets the title that they get pushed down. But it's like I don't know if you have Tommy and Buddy Murphy go at it. Right You're now, literally like uh, now they're both like one of them's got to go down. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it happens everywhere. It happens right. everywhere. Um, but, it it makes it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. But it, it, it at the same time, it's like I I wouldn't sacrifice Ali. He's like one of the most pure baby faces on that roster right now that everybody loves. Uh, but I mean, the, I think the biggest news to come out of two hundred five this week is that Leo Rush is coming to two hundred five two hundred five live. Listen, it's crazy. First of all, they, they have his iPhone in the thing, and they didn't blur out the Apple logo. So <laughs> WWE needs to get on that because someone was not paying attention. But. I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a very like gorilla style kind of promo. It seems like he would have filmed it with a phone. He's very charismatic. So what's different between him being on 205 and Hideo being on 205? Like a lot of people would have said that they would have wanted Leo Rusty be on the main roster. Because I feel like Hideo Itami has spent a lot of his career beating guys who are similar to his size or or even guys who's actually been on the main roster and having competitive matches against him. Leo Rush hasn't in in his few years that he's been wrestling because he hasn't been wrestling for that actual long, actually, even despite how good he is, um, hasn't had those sort of opportunities. I think this is still um, Leo Rush making a name for himself, just his career of wrestling career wise for himself, where Hideo Tommy has made that name, especially around the world and in America and all the other stuff. That's why I think he deserves to be on the main rock. Well, not deserves, but I think that I wouldn't mind him being on the red or blue brand because he's already established that sort of equity. Whereas Leo Rush is still building up to that. 
I think that Leo Rush is going to kill it. He's um, going to kill it. I'm I, very I, happy for him. I'm glad that they didn't bullshit us and keep him on NXT and shit. For I think four years ago they would have fired him. Yeah, for the for the Twitter stuff. Yeah, for the Twitter stuff, they would have absolutely fired him. They would have just been, or like maybe not even four, but maybe like seven years ago, they would have fired him. They would have been like, "Listen, this is not the type of da da da. Sorry for your release, blah blah blah." But it it feels like Triple H really uh, wants to invest in him and believes in him and believes in his abilities and is willing to give him a second chance because probably Triple H is probably I feel like he's a guy who has benefited from having a second chance after that whole, um, and that, that goes for a lot of people that yeah. he brought up. I mean, Seth Rollins, he talked, Seth Rollins talked about, I almost got fired. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for triple H, I would, I, I wouldn't be here. Emma almost got fired before she actually got fired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Emma stayed for a while for, Emma she stayed did. for a long time. Like, yeah. it, I think just the fact that he was a wrestler and understands like the importance of a second chance and importance of after that whole MSG click incident, he understands like, listen, I had to work to regain their trust and everyone is very much capable of doing that. Yes. Leo rush is also very capable. And I think Leo rush is going to be a great addition to the roster. Let's hope he, he, he strikes gold there, man. Listen, Leo rush versus Mustafa Ali, Leo rush versus buddy Murphy. Leo Rush versus Cedric Alexander. Leo Rush versus uh, Lince Dorado. Like, he's got so many fresh matchups. I I am literally like, when do you think he's going to debut? Like, around August? July, maybe? Mm, maybe after maybe after Money in the Bank. I, I'd put it in after Extreme Rules. I think you want to build, build a little bit of uh, video packages and stuff like that. I, I like, I'd have... Go ahead. I, I think that, like... You you give him video packages. You you show off what he can do, and you have his first match be on like a big like a big uh a big night. Like uh maybe SmackDown has a big event that night, and then you have a two or five event that matches that, like they did with the uh, Cedric Alexander uh, Buddy Murphy match. I li- I think the thing that I like most about his character is, and this is speaking from you know a black man's perspective, that it doesn't really seem like much of a character. Right. Like I feel sometimes, you know, with the black sort of characters in Raw or at least some things like that, like uh, 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 maybe back in the day, Nation Domination Farouk or like Crime Time or something like they're kind of like playing, playing like these black caricatures of things where this kind of just seems like who he is. Just young fly, you know, young fly boss nigga who's, you know, trying to get his way and do his own thing. Like well, it isn't, the, the N word on the A show. I mean, he might, you know, he might bust out the N-word on 205 Live. Wow. This, is just, <laughs> this is just, it's just, it might roll off the tongue. You, you never clear, know. Be clear for all of our non-POC <laughs> listeners of the A-Show. We try to steer away <laughs> from the N-word. Listen. You drop a you drop a new gem on us every single week. And this is why I appreciate you. Listen. <laughs> I'm Shout gonna name. I should name the episode "Young Fly Boss Nigga." <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's two five live. I am not naming it that. All right, I am yeah. not naming the episode that. Come on, but, YFN Lucci would be so proud. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, that, I think that was everything in, in the weekend in, in wrestling. I, I, I want to thank uh, Chris Mack for. Uh, answering the phone i i hope it sounded okay if it doesn't don't be mad at me uh, i'm pretty you got the points he got the points across don't don't be upset he'll be back on the show 
And if you need more points from him or want to pick his brain, you can follow him on Twitter at rappers are actors that are rappers letter R actors on yes, Twitter. Sir. Yes, sir. And you can follow me at OG Johnny five and you can follow meals at meals TV. That's M E E L Z TV. And, uh, I, I have, so many thoughts about uh, wrestling and, and video games now. My account is now that. Oh, yes. I, I've seen. Is it, you've no longer a music account. Strictly wrestling and video games. Strictly wrestling and video games. I'm no longer tweeting about music whatsoever. I don't listen to rap music. <laughs> no, bro. I don't watch your CD. I don't listen to rap. I don't listen um, to rap. I listen to anime, music, and soundtracks. Uh, speaking of anime, I just want everybody to know the same day that this episode comes out will be the same day that the part two of the Cell Games episode will go out. And you want to make sure to listen to that episode because we are f- doing a giveaway on that episode. We are giving away a season pass for Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, yeah. shit. We are giving away a season pass for Dragon Ball Fighters. All you have to do is vote for what should be the subject for season three of The Lookout. And, and, and we, have, we have four choices, but I want you to go listen to the podcast. It's at the end of the podcast if you don't really want to listen to the entire thing. But all of it's really good. Um, but, yeah, we're giving away a season pass. So make sure you follow RNC Radio Live because that, once you do that, you'll already have won half the battle. Yes, because that's how you're going to get the season pass. We're gonna, we're, I, I'm going to enter shit. <laughs> you can't enter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no J5s you. allowed. Fuck um, you. I already got the season pass. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> Bastards. But yeah. But, uh, but all right, that's been the Week in Wrestling, and this has been the A Show uh, for Meals. I'm Justin. I'll see you guys next week. We'll have two shows next week. We'll have the Money in the Bank retrospective show with a special guest, and we will also have our regular A Show rundown, and we'll be running down the Money in the Bank card, and we'll be talking about the aftermath of Dominion. So meals make Dominion this week again. I will watch it. I will one hundred percent watch the show. Don't he's not gonna watch it. The narrator just said he didn't watch it. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Okay, until next time, guys. I'll see you later. Happy Rusev Day.